Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. On this episode of the Booze Hustle, we have fun with friends. So this is kind of a weird two-part episode. Part one, I'm hanging out with my friend Amanda, who is a bartender. We're talking about all things bartending, uh, booze industry, non-booze industry. And then we take a little bit of a field trip. Originally, the idea was visit some wineries in my home state, Connecticut, because there are so many of them. It's known as the Wine Trail. And people talk about how amazing the wines are here, but I have yet to find any that I really like. Sorry, Connecticut. So we decided we're going to take a couple field trips, go to some wineries, and really just review them as objectively as possible. Our original goal was to visit six wineries. We made it to one. (laughs) Uh, We'll probably come back and do another uh, series. We might check out another. Any suggestions that you might have, let me know. Uh, Hit us up at theboozehustle at gmail.com. I'd love to know your favorites. But it was more of just us having some fun and reviewing a winery. Uh, Pretty bad reviews. Uh, Spoiler alert. But I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And we're back with more interviews next week. Enjoy. So what are we doing, Amanda? Why are we here? Um, We're here so you can teach me about some wine because I don't know shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's that is incorrect. Okay, so Amanda is um, a very lovely and talented bartender. Uh, She what else are you? She also is a journalist. She has um, a website that is on a pause right now. Is it on a pause? It's on a pause. Yes. Yeah. It's called Sip It CT. Will return. Very cool. It is Sip It CT, right? Sip It CT. Yeah. For a minute there, I thought I gave somebody else promotion. (laughs) No, Sip It CT. That's correct. Yep. So she's um, a fellow journalist nerd like me, uh, who is also in the wine and spirits world, um, mostly in the restaurant space right now. Uh, And, um, you know, she knows lots about booze. She actually just won a cocktail competition uh, that one of my brands sponsored. Um, and she did not win because I had any part in it. The dude did not know we were friends and she won and she crushed a lot of really talented bartenders. So I was very impressed. But you know, we're on a journey, right? We're on a journey to learn more things. Mm-hmm. That was my first cocktail competition too. I've never competed before. This girl comes out to her first cocktail competition with a yogurt syrup. <laughs> <laughs> You make it sound disgusting. It sounded (laughs) disgusting when you told me about it. And I was like, cool, you're making a yogurt syrup. Good job, bud. Mm -hmm. But she actually won and the cocktail was great. It was sheep's milk yogurt. Okay, that's 
that doesn't make it sound better. And it was <laughs> delicious. It has a natural like zest to it. It's got some citrus quality. So I was able to use less citrus in the cocktail. Okay. It was, it was good, but we're here for wine. So yes, we are here for wine. Okay. So let's snap back. <laughs> we're going to do, um, now listen, if you've listened to this podcast, you, you know that like, I know a little about some things. I make it sound like I know a lot more, uh, but I'm going to do my best to like put on my educator hat today, but please do not hate on me if I like say the wrong thing about terroir or about like varietal. This is like, I think it should be understood at this point that I'm a dum-dum um, who purports to be a, a you know, a, a wine professional. <laughs> Lies. You are not a dum-dum. Um, but we're going to actually talk today about something that like I personally don't drink a lot of um unless it comes from very specific places uh we're gonna talk about that big girl chardonnay yeah chardonnay is not my my go-to at all i tend to drink more sauvignon blanc style Mm -hmm. uh wines but yep i am curious to learn a little bit about it and maybe you know find out if i've been hating on something for no reason so well okay I will say that if we were actually doing this correctly, I would be tasting a bunch of Chardonnays from around the world because then it would get you to like open up your, um, I don't know, your palate and and learn about the very versatile qualities of Chardonnay, which is like depending on where it's grown, depending on the climate and where it is in the world, it is a very different thing. Um, personally, best Chardonnays for me, France or Oregon. Love Oregon um, Chardonnay, mm-hmm. but we're actually going to focus on the areas that I typically don't love, which is California. Um, and that is because that's what I have in my house. <laughs> uh, we pulled from her vast wine stores in her wine cellar. You make it sound like I have a wine. Don't give these people. I'm the wrong making idea. it sound really cool. Yeah, no, it's a basement, and there's a bunch of cardboard boxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the right temperature, but it is not the right storing system also apparently a cigar humidor no fucking way don't say that either i (laughs) no some dude that bought the house before us used to smoke cigars in the basement so it just always smells like that it is that is not me not me um so what do we do first okay so what we did i brought i pulled three different um regions um around um california um i picked a chardonnay from um spring mountain which uh is you know really high elevation fruit and pretty far north in Napa. Um, I picked some Sonoma Coast Chardonnay and then also some Russian River Valley Chardonnay. Sure. Amanda's just staring at me right now like I'm an idiot. (laughs) No, I'm just nervous. (laughs) Why are you nervous? We're literally, okay, we're in my house. So we have a 2017 uh, Russian River Valley Cuvée Sauvage. But um, I wanted to show... I thought the best way to show Amanda like why there's subtleties and differences here is so like Napa is here, right? And like Napa lies kind of right in the middle of two mountain ranges. So what makes the fruit from Napa really special, they call it like the Goldilocks region, is that it gets protected from a lot of like the coastal influences um, being in between those mountain ranges. And then depending on where you are in that Napa region, it doesn't get a lot of rain, 
it gets um they, they're called diurnal shifts where like the temperature range like it's it's actually like the perfect fucking climate for me it's cold at night like 50 degrees i didn't realize i was taking a science course but, uh kristen see, listen <laughs> you asked me to teach you about wine and then you talk a bunch of shit no i'm not going to use uh scientific words anymore i don't know what that d word is you just said diurnal all my wine nerds out there know what's up. <laughs> That's in the W set level one class, girl. All right. So well, like I'm level 0. 0.5. When you when you take a class one day, you're gonna be like, see, Kristen knew what's up. All right. So um so you get this like wide range, right? So at night it gets really cool, which lets the grapes cool like on the vine. It gives them a break. And then in the afternoon, like late afternoon, it can get up to like 80 degrees, which helps them ripen. Um, so that's like right here in Napa. And then if you go a little bit further west to like Sonoma Coast, that's where you get a lot of these like Sonoma Coast or Russian River Valley. Um, you're actually a little bit closer to the ocean, uh, which is important for a couple things. More salinity? More salinity. Yeah. There's some really great um, Sonoma Coast wines where you'll actually get like a lot of minerality in the wines is true that's what i like um the actual soils themselves have a lot more minerality in them um and then russian river valley here is a little bit warmer than um some of these areas up here like in napa so like you might get more tropical fruit from russian river valley you might get like it be a little bit rounder fat or richer but the cool thing about russian river valley we actually have a label on this wine here that's got some fog on it so this is what it looks like when the fog rolls in in the morning. Mm -hmm. And that's really important but because where it is, the climate can get warm. So this actually protects the grapes a little bit longer in the day. So that when the sun starts like beating in, the grapes stay cooler longer. Okay. So I'm, I'm just setting us up here for right. And then this guy, this is, um, we have Smith Madrone, which is a 50 year plus, one of the oldest wineries um in spring mountain probably the first or the second uh ava in spring mountain which is really really far north in napa it's probably like way up here and it's like right on the side of a mountain you said ava yes what is that? um the viticultural area oh so all the little subregions are mm. called avas okay thank you it's so how we it's how we that. it's how we classify our regions um i'm asking the questions so you guys don't have to <laughs> The, the questions that you don't care about. Um, <laughs> I was actually telling Mid, I'm, I'm taking a spirits um, class, a spirits certification course, and I feel like it's going to be easier because in wine, it's like you have to learn the region and then you have to learn the subregion. And then there's usually like a subregion within that subregion. And in within those, there's like different grapes grown, different soils, different aspects on the mountains and the hillsides and shit. So it gets like super granular. It's really hard to fucking study. Mm -hmm. um, and in spirits, it's just like, this is grown. This is made here. Here are the laws. Here's how it's made. Here's how it's aged. Voila. Um, yeah. There's a lot, but it's not to oversimplify. Okay. Uh, so high Smith Madrone, uh, Spring Mountain, super high elevation. So like way up there in the mountains. Okay. So what do you think that does for the the fruit? So, I mean, that's going to be more cool air. Yep. Potentially more wind. Mm-hmm. So the skins might be thicker on the grapes, maybe. Mm, 
maybe with maybe. cooler temperatures. Maybe and some of the best some of the best um, Chardonnay usually comes from cooler climates. Okay. Um, and then one other I-, I think worth mentioning is the soils up here are more volcanic. Okay. Um, so the way that they absorb moisture is differently than when you have um, soils like in the valley floor. Okay. Um, so let's taste. Let's do it. So if you're driving, don't drink along. But if you're not driving, grab wine and pretend you're drinking. <laughs> uh, what should we start We do with? not promote drinking and driving, just to clarify. No, that would be stupid. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to pour you some. Okay. So we're going to drink. We're going to start with high elevation mountain fruit Chardonnay. Oh, wait. We should hear this on the mic. It's really good. <laughs> Wait, what's that called? Um, fo- foley, foley no, people, like AS- foley artists. No. Oh, ASMR. ASMR. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna like take a big. <laughs> no, don't do that. People will be like, this is awful. You can't hear the swirl, but I'm okay, swirling. I'm smelling. I'm smelling. Do you know why there are stems on glasses? So as not to affect the temperature of Smart. the wine. See, I knew that. Smart. Um, I break almost all of my glasses. So even though I'm a wine professional, most of my glasses are stemless. <laughs> I am holding in my hand the lexicon, like um, systematic approach to tasting wine sheet that has primary aromas and flavors. And I'm guessing Amanda has never done this. So if you have never done this, I recommend Googling um, like WSET um, systematic approach to wine and you will get something that looks like um, – it has two sides. One is like aromas and it breaks down the different types of fruit. Um, and then it'll, you start by kind of identifying when you're smelling the this things that you're very smelling. Detailed. Yes. And when you take an exam, you have to be able to taste a wine and use that to describe it perfectly, which is crazy. She's so just you- checking the color of the wine <laughs> against this white sheet of paper. <laughs> That's She's important. being a smart ass right now, but she did wa- say she wanted to learn about wine. <laughs> okay, so I want you to smell and then like smell what, tell me what you smell. A little apple. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Eucalyptus. Do you smell? <laughs> no, you don't. Okay, now she's just being an asshole. Give me that. <laughs> there is a lot of citrus in this more than I mm-hmm. uh, anticipated. Okay. For sure. Because it's causing me to salivate quite a bit. Ah, okay. So you just hit on the thing that I was going to talk about, which is um, when you're tasting, if it makes you salivate a lot, that's the acid in the wine. So this would be for a Chardonnay, a very high acid Chardonnay, Mm -hmm. which for me is delightful. This has literally the opposite of a wine that utilizes something called malolactic fermentation that a lot of Chardonnay um, producers do. Um, which creates a more creamy, buttery texture. This, I would be shocked if this went through any type of malolactic fermentation because what you're getting more now is this higher acid, um, great minerality citrus. Now this, we're tasting in this order because I thought this would be lightest, medium to, or medium to more full-bodied in our tasting order. Okay. So this will definitely be the like the lightest of the three, the higher elevation fruit. So how it's aged also plays a role in that. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the grape, right? It's like yep. so they're aged in American oak, the Chardonnay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say French oak. French oak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, usually California is either French or combination of American and French oak. Um, some people age in Hungarian oak. Some people use oak mm. staves. The less expensive wines age with oak chips, which is a way to kind of speed the process. They kind of throw a bunch of chips in. The, instead of putting the wine in the barrel, they put the barrel into the wine, essentially, mm. and like stir the wine with like oak chips in it. Cheaters. I know. I was cheating. That's All right, well, I'm going to taste it again. This is delicious. Um, I, I'm i very pleasantly surprised with this wine, actually. All right, so so what flavors are you picking up on? Because mm-hmm. I'm getting like that green apple, mm-hmm. definitely a lot of citrus. So I get pear. Okay, yeah. Pineapple, lime, and then I get a tiniest, the tiniest little bit of pastry, which is... From the yeast. Okay. Is that pretty typical of a Chardonnay too? Yeah. Yep. Because um, I'm guessing they're using like natural yeast. Why are you making that face? Oh my God. <laughs> okay. This wine doesn't have a UTI, does it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> we have devolved. Apparently we're teenagers. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, on to the next one. Okay, we are going to go to Sonoma Coast next. And the point of this exercise is see if you can taste any differences and subtleties in the wine. So this guy is closer to the ocean than all three. Okay. I'm getting more floral on this. I'm getting more stone fruit on this, more peach, nectarine. So I was like smelling it as being like a little like creamier almost than than the last one just from 
scent. Mm-hmm. And you can actually smell that. Yep. That could be from um, like butteriness. Like yep. I can, not super buttery. Yep. Just and so. that could be from malolactic fermentation, which I think this wine has gone through or partial. All right. I'm getting a lot more like woodiness in that one. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, I'm getting a lot more woodiness. Woodiness. Like um like I can definitely taste the oak in that quite a bit. Yeah. Whereas the last one I didn't I didn't pick it up all that much. You are correct. So there's two pieces to this here. One, I think this fruit is from a slightly warmer area. I would I would guess. And yes, I would imagine it has been in a barrel longer. It's probably been like gone through some form of malactic fermentation. And then it's been probably in like French oak a little bit longer. Sometimes they do this thing called lees stirring where they actually take the yeast that dies during the fermentation process. They keep it in there and then they stir it for a while and Mm -hmm. it adds like a creaminess to the wine. What do you think is different about this one than the other one? Less salivating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That makes sense. No, you're right. Lower acid. Yeah. So definitely less acid. It has, like I smelled, it's definitely a little like smoother on the palate than the last one. Um, What do you think would be better to pair food with though? With this one? No, what do you think? Which one would be better to pair food with? Oh, to with? pair with food? This one that we're currently drinking, I feel like. Oh, you think so? Yeah, because it's a little more like middle of the road. I feel like the okay. last one, as delicious as it was, I would drink that. That's mm-hmm. so far my favorite. But I think with food, it may be a little too astringent. So there's this really interesting thing that happens with like f- wine and food pairing, um, which is why I think this exercise is going to be super good for you. Um the, f- the wines that are the best in the world to pair food with are often Italian. Do you know why that is? I mean, because Italians know food. It's <laughs> obvious. Well, no, I don't but, know. The, but it's because they have higher acid. Okay. So when you um, match flavors like in a dish, like if you're eating something like heavier. It's, so it's like like cleansing the palate yeah, in a sense. Like, like the acidity of um, like say you're eating a ceviche. It, the acidity in that, you would think you want something actually to like offset it, like maybe something opposite. But really, you often pair something like with a ceviche with something with comparable acid because they almost kind of neutralize each other. Mm-hmm. So you would pair something like high acid, zippy um, white wine with something like a ceviche because the acid meets acid. It actually kind of works. And so the higher acid in a red wine often goes really well with like a, like a pasta dish um, that has a, a tomato sauce or something because there's so much acid in the tomato sauce from the tomatoes. It actually has this way of really like complementing the food. So it allows all- you to taste the other flavors yes. in the food more. Correct. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So sometimes like it, I, it's, it may feel like it's um, like it should be the other way around, but it, it actually isn't. It's like, it's a really great way to like cut um, fat or salt sometimes is like having a really like zippy wine. Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely makes sense. Um, you and now I almost- really want Italian food. <laughs> you ate pasta last night and it gave you a rash. So we're not yeah, doing that. Turns out I'm allergic to gluten. <laughs> fun, fun times. Well, maybe gl- gluten's allergic to you. Maybe. Um, I'm just too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's good rule of thumb is matching, like matching style for style, style, weight for weight, which is why when you eat like a really big fatty piece of meat, you want like sometimes a really big, rich red mm-hmm. because the two of them together kind of like work really well together. Okay. okay. We're not going to get too in the weeds here with that, but I will say that I would probably pair the higher acid wine. So with, that Russian river. 
no, no, no. The 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 Spring Mountain one that we the first one we tasted with more um, more diverse amounts of food. Whereas the Sonoma Coast would be like really good with like um, a really nice piece of fish and it's got a little bit more weight to it. Um, so with something with like a butter sauce would be really nice with that too. Okay. I'm, I'm over. I'm overwhelming Amanda right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, let's taste the next one. All right. So definitely more stone fruit in that one. Yes, for sure. Okay. Now we're going to go to the Russian River Valley. Russian River Valley Chardonnays are very popular. Um, there's a very specific style to them. Ooh. There's a lot of Pinot from Russian River Valley. It's very popular too. The color. Yeah. So the color on this Still guy, not super dark though. I will say, but it no. is the darkest of the three. Yes. Yep. And that can be a couple of things. It could be the amount of time it's in a barrel. Uh, in this case, we're actually drinking a 2017. And what happens to wine when it gets older is it turns a little bit more golden. So like if we were doing like a blind tasting right now and I looked at this and I smelled it and I'm like figuring out that maybe it's not the wine that's making it that color, I would probably assume that it's a little bit older, like a more mature. And I'd mm. say this is like ready to drink now or a little bit like on its way out. Just sniffing this over here. It's actually pretty tasty. Is it weird that I can smell the age? Is that like a weird thing to say? No. Okay. No, it's not weird. But in terms of some flavors here, let's see. So this actually has higher acid than I was expecting. That can be something that goes away as the wine gets a little bit older. It's actually drinking really well, but I don't know that I would keep it any longer. I'd probably say like drink this now. Um, it actually has a lot of like um, floral on the palate. Like, um, Am I getting more savory quality here? That's possible. So as a wine gets older, it's called tertiary, tertiary aromas, which is um, uh, when a wine matures. So this category. Why right do I know here, that term tertiary? That's, it's like third. Because that's right. Okay. Yeah. So like when a wine oxidizes as it gets older or the fruit develops, you can get like dried, dried stuff. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Just the dried flavors. Mm -hmm. Wet stones. Not here though. It's an interesting uh, flavor to have on this chart. What? Stones? Wet stones. Yeah. Girl, have you drank any German whites? Yeah. Is like no, licking fair. a rock. <laughs> it's just interesting. I, I love me some German whites. So that is not an insult. It's more of a um, truth. I mean, I've gotten my wine knowledge also from like wine documentaries where they talk about some very absurd flavors. I've, I think I've heard like they talk about like dung. Yeah. As being yeah. a flavor. Well, if you're drinking like- Who like, wants to drink that? Okay. Well, nobody wants to drink shit. But like if you think about, if you think about like, um, I'll just pick like a like big Syrah. Like a big meaty Syrah it's from gonna France. It's going to have a little of that undertone in there. No, but it's got like a like an animally wild meaty funk to it that like on the nose is identifiable to our limited brains as certain things. So I think that's probably where that comes from. But like it doesn't taste like it. It's just the way that your brain recognizes smells. Also, like sense memory is like so important. I think if you taste or smell something that reminds you of something, mm -hmm. you know. I feel like I got a little like strawberry-ish almost. You got strawberry, huh? A little, a little right. bit. Like, listen, you taste what you taste. Definitely some apricot. Apricot. Yeah, like dried, dried apricot. No, I just like how you said it. 
Apricot? Apricot? Apricot. Is it apricot or apricot? I think it, you can say it either way, no? I don't know. Apricot. 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 Okay. We'll go with that one. All right. That we'll, sounds we'll better. Go with apricot. Okay. So, um, all right. So what did we learn from our little experiment here? I've learned that Chardonnays can actually be citrusy and enjoyable, mm-hmm. more towards my preference of like a Sauvignon Blanc style. Mm-hmm. And none of these were actually super buttery or super oaky, which right. was nice. Think, refreshing yeah these are also like um sort of high-end like a little bit more well-made more delicate style chardonnays um than like the like maybe 12 or 15 dollar like oaky butter bombs that you can buy i would drink them yeah they're not terrible i would i would pair um i'd pair food with them more but what else what else would you want to know about wine Um, All right. So when I was in California last year, driving from Lake Tahoe back to San Francisco, I was trying to take a detour into Napa a little bit um, and visit some of the vineyards. But the time of year was late June. So it was hot. And they were recommending I did not (laughs) try to drive through the vineyards because apparently there's like a big issue with rats. What the fuck are you talking about? What? Where were you? What? I was driving from Lake Tahoe. Wait, to you were driving San in a vineyard, and I called I'm... Stag's Leap. Sorry, oh. I don't know if I can like no talk about whatever. Yeah, but fine. like, I called yeah. Stag's Leap, and I called like another vineyard. They're like, now's not a great time to because of come the rats because there's rats in the vineyards. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that was a thing. Well, yes, there are there are the rodents are a fucking huge. I mean, problem. New York, sure. Like you see them all the time. Girl. No, 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 no. It's a very delicate ecosystem in a in a vineyard. And it's like farming anything else. You get pests and rodents and whatever. I didn't You can cut I've, this out. This is stupid, but No, I I actually think this is more interesting than fucking us talking about apricots. <laughs> no, I actually It disturbed me. I was like, what am I is my foot gonna get eaten? Like walking through, like, am I gonna be attacked by a giant well, dude, you ever see, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they're like these big boxes you see in vineyards, um, like up high on posts. You know what those are for? They're for birds of prey to eat the rodents in oh. the vineyards. So like New Zealand does it a lot huh. of places in California does it. I like it. Where they get falcons, they get hawks, and they literally just swoop down and eat the mice and the voles and apparently the rats. Um, and then a lot of vineyards now are doing like sheep for like, instead of mowing in between the rows, they actually just use sheep. They do mm. that in New Zealand a lot too, but. Um, I just thought it was interesting that I called and that's what she said to me on the phone. Like, thanks, I'm I'm probably not going to When was this last year? Come. Yeah, like the end of June. Okay. So it's hot, you know, but no, like. That's, no, no, no. I know, what it, I know what it was. It's, to be fair, our industry, like the wine industry is so short staffed, like restaurants. And maybe they don't always have the A-team on in the hospitality scene. For example, we went to another very famous Napa winery a couple of years ago with my friend Tani and um, a bunch of us. And we had kind of like a C-minus experience. So like whoever answered the phone was like, there's too many people here. I don't want another person. I'm just going to tell them there's rats. Because I, I, don't, I don't know why the fuck else you would tell somebody that. It was disturbing. Well... Um, if you work at Stag's Leap, I'm sorry that we just shut all over your winery. I don't think you have rats. Um, hey, I mean, don't answer the, just, just don't say that on the phone. Or just say we're booked. Yeah. Invitation only, private, no, appointment only. Like that's, 
Wow. Yeah, it was it was a lot. But um no, so I mean, I think we covered a lot. You covered different areas and like how the weather is affecting affecting the wine, the soil. I think that's important too. And one of the things I didn't really think about when it comes to wine until like I had this conversation with um, another gentleman that his family owns a vineyard in Washington state. Um, And they were just talking about like how the cold affects the skin of the wine and like thicker skin. I I just never would have thought like the thickness of the skin of a grape would affect like the flavor or like. So you think of like Cabernet, good example, very thick skin grape. You can grow Cabernet in the hottest places in the world. Pinot Noir is this like delicate little Nancy. That's Pinot Noir. It has to have like the right circumstances, the right climate. You have to be very delicate. You got to like hand hand harvest. If you overdo things, like the acid is like, it's, it's, it's a little bit, that is why Pinot Noir's, if you did not know this, this is why Pinot Noir is more expensive in a lot of places, especially like, you know, not even taking climate change into consideration or any of the things that happen with the weather. It's just a lot harder and really expensive to grow good Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. Cabernet, you can fart and there's a Pinot Noir. <laughs> there's a cab. There's a grape. Ta-da! Yeah. So Oregon, this is the only vineyard I've ever visited. I haven't actually been to very many, uh, literally one. And it was in Willamette Valley. And uh, I can't remember the name. I'm sorry. Glad it was so impactful. But it was... <laughs> It was delicious. It was like, so I didn't realize that, you know, there's different regions in the United States that are similar to, they can have similar climates to places in Europe. So, (gasps) so like Oregon, for instance, when I was visiting the vineyard, one of the things that they told me is that it has very similar climate to regions of France, like in the Bourgogne region. So like, yeah. Oh, wait, we don't have like a regular map, but like, you know, like on a map, how you have like the equator yeah. and all lines. If you, it's like between, there's a couple different parallels across the globe. If they're in that like region, it's like similar. Yeah. You know, like. So a lot of the parallel, wines right? that, uh, a lot of the Pinot Noirs that come out of that Willamette Valley area mm-hmm. are quite similar to a yeah. beautiful French Bourgogne that you, you know, 100%. We buy in the store, but they're, domestic and they're delicious and a lot of them are actually made by french people like if you look at like some of the best um wineries so the one i visited yeah the guy is it drew n did you go to domain drew n yes that was it thank you that's what i told you to go to and i did fuck yeah you crushed it it's awesome that was a great experience yep all the wine was so good i just had the best idea for a follow-up podcast that you and i can do where in the world no 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 the wine no no this is this is good (laughs) We can go to all the wi- the wineries around here and rate them. Oh yeah, like like literally on like spot. on the road. Yeah, record with our like give it get like with our voice. One hundred percent, I'm on board. I've never been to any of them in Connecticut. Like it's a it's a truly so we live in Connecticut and it's um a very there's a wine trail here. It is a mixed bag. Yeah. And that's no, being it nice. Sounds, it sounds sketchy. Well, if you think about the climate here, what can grow here truly well um, are like varieties of wine that tend to be sweet, right? Um, because it gets really cold here in the winter and it's a really long winter. So like, you know, everyone that makes wine here, typically they import in 
the fruit or the the actually the finished not the finished juice but the juice and then they make their own wines here and then they blend them with whatever god awful local um, varietals they have here and they make these like Frankenstein wines. So there's probably four wineries within a mile of my house. Oh really? Yes. I didn't even know that. How many vineyards are there in Connecticut? A bajillion. I thought there was like six. Oh my God, there's so many and they're so bad. Okay, so we're gonna do, um, so Amanda and I are gonna come back, follow up episode where we where we go to some um, wineries. We're we gonna be very drunk. Uh, you think I'm swallowing that wine? <laughs> No. Oh my God. And then we're also going to record on the DL, the tasting room people, because they 100%, even if I say I work in the wine business, will mansplain me everything. Mm. It's always great. Yeah. Well, people tend to do that. They like to flex their muscle. Yeah. We can just say, oh, I'm in the biz. You know, I, I, I know what barrels are. <laughs> Did you know that wine comes from grapes, young lady? <laughs> That shit's crazy. Oh, no. I thought it came from uh, blueberries. Right. So Connecticut wine tour. Yeah. Let's go to one now. You. There's one like literally right down the road. Let's go. Should we? What time do we have? We might have enough time if it's open. Oh, Gouveia and Portland. Um, there's so many. Okay. Well, that's the follow-up episode. Um, well, thank you, Amanda, uh, for this incredibly insightful episode. <laughs> thank you for the knowledge. Uh, I clearly need more. Well, what, maybe we'll, we'll do like a series where like Kristen teaches wine to people who don't really want to learn about it, but <laughs> whatever. It's really just going to end up being more about drinking. Cheers. That's true. She's swallowing. I am not. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Okay, bye. Hi, Amanda. Hey, Kristen. We're in my car. Um, we're sitting outside of uh, Winery A. It will remain uh, shrouded in mystery. <laughs> so, we're doing a wine tasting uh, in Connecticut, which the reason, uh, the idea for this was um, I've had mixed experiences with wineries from Connecticut just because of climate. Um, and we are fully in the fall season right now. Um, and I'm really interested in Winery A because they are a state grown bottled wines so we're gonna give them a review yeah we're gonna taste and, and uh, amanda's gonna <laughs> be very very succinct <laughs> listen i couldn't do this by myself i had to ring my friend she's uh, gonna be a very talented photographer and if these pictures are good we'll put them up on like our instagram or something but all right are you excited let's roll uh, for some day drinking. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to swallow any There's of these wines. There's going to be a lot, of, a lot of spitting. This is this is already going down. This is a 0% chance I'm going to swallow any of these wines, but I'll let you know. All right. Ready? Mm, let's let's go. go. Okay, so quick note here. I know I was going to wait till after to do this, but in tasting row number one, the gentleman took our order and then said, um, okay, I'll go get that for you, and then walked up to the Alexa and said, Alexa, play 90s hits. <laughs> Which, like, we're the only ones here. And he totally read the room. I mean, I feel like I don't look old, but but I'm not mad about it because he, he did kind of nail it. <laughs> okay, so Kristen and Amanda here. We're going to talk about winery number one that we went to. Um, we were originally going to see, like, how many wineries? Uh, we were going to try to do two today, at least, but we were going to, I don't know, want to hit like six of them. 
Yeah, but um, we got sidetracked because the first one was such an experience that um, we left there and we're like, let's not do this again today. <laughs> yeah, there were two on the itinerary today. That did not happen. Yeah. Um, well, let's say a little bit about where we went. So um, a native Connecticut winery. I don't know if that means native. It, that's stupid. It's not native. <laughs> it's already in Connecticut. Local. It sounds like I've been drinking, but I actually did not drink any of the wine. I spit all of them. Mm-hmm. Same. Which, if the wine was um, better, it would have been a bummer, but... I didn't miss out on anything. I stand by my choice. <laughs> yeah, it was... Okay, so this place was underwhelming. Underwhelming. Beautiful landscape. Very mm-hmm. New England scenic. Uh, 45 acres, 30 of which are under vine. Um, I made a quick note about the 90s hit Spotify playlist that he put on, which I think was the highlight. Probably. Coolio came on. R.I.P. Rest in peace, Coolio. But I feel like, um, uh, I mean, he did peg that correctly. Um, all right, so we tasted how many? Six wines? No, eight wines. No, he gave us eight. Yeah. Okay. And he didn't charge us more. Eight for the price of six. Look at that. Um, he bargain. has only been working in the tasting room for two weeks. So I'd say tasting room experience rating one out of five. He was a noob. Yeah. He was a noob. <laughs> we were talking about that episode of Parks and Rec where, uh, what's the guy's name? Oh, Ron Swanson. There you go. Goes to the hardware store and the kid comes up and goes, can I help you, sir? And he looks at him and he goes, I know more than you. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt in this Swanson place. is the goat. <laughs> okay, so we tasted a white wine that he said was a Pinot Grigio style wine that wasn't sweet. <laughs> Okay, and maybe to like you non-wine experienced people, that isn't that funny, but it is. It's funny because Pinot Grigio is not a sweet wine. All right, Um, so we tasted a white wine. It was a white blend of Riesling, Chardonnay, and Cayuga. Cayuga? Cayuga. Jesus Christ, I can't even talk right now. Um, It was very underwhelming. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. Nope. I wasn't really a fan of... I don't want to like... I know. Cast a broad blanket statement over this place, but it was just totally underwhelming. It was underwhelming. We had a uh, um, we had a Riesling that just <laughs> tasted like lemon water, and I, I <laughs> took a sip and I said, "You know what this tastes like? A verp, <laughs> a, ver- a vomit verp." Yeah, for you only get like in your mouth and the it's- verp. Oh my god, it did too. After you said that, that's all I could think. It tasted like a verp, which is not great. Um, and he was really excited for mm. us to try it too. <laughs> yeah. And then one of them, the one after that tasted like apple juice. It just, or it tasted like just some kind of juice. Yeah. It was a gorge demeanor. It and, didn't um, have any like zing or acid. Nothing. It yeah. was very flat and blah. Yeah. And then, um, let's see, I'm, I'm checking my notes here. We tasted a sparkling wine that was very weird. It tasted very funky. He called a red wine, oh, the red wine that he poured for us he's like this one has won many awards <laughs> many accolades and then he said it's a red wine that's like translucent and it it was not um and then the wine i actually uh liked the most was a red blend that had saint croix which is a very common uh varietal used in the northeast um it's a red grape um it's what they have the most planted i think at this place um blended with cabernet and it was definitely very dry, a lot of tannins. Very, very dry. So much so that it, I didn't particularly enjoy it. Yeah. Um, it gave me cat tongue. 
It was, <laughs> it was what I would say is the best somebody doing an impression of a good red wine, <laughs> right? Mm. It was like, I'm wow, going to make... kind of, we're really slaughtering this place. That's I'm why sorry, we're not like, saying oy. the name of it. Okay. The, the whole thing is I live in a state where there's a lot of wineries. There's a lot of wineries in a lot of states in this country. And I am on a quest to really discover some great wines that are from places other than California and New York and Washington and Oregon, right? Because there's wineries everywhere. There's wineries in Tennessee. There's wineries in Kentucky. And um, everyone talks about how great the wineries are in Connecticut. So the point of this is me and Amanda are going to keep trying them until we go, oh, okay, this one's it. There's got to be one. There has to be one. Yeah. Uh, Winery number one was not it. No, it's... Uh, one out of ten it was it was two final final thoughts also i feel like Mm. i should mention the taste room smelled like paint it's because they were painting yeah but that's (laughs) not okay yeah that's true um they do give you a glass and a chocolate though if you splurge we didn't opt to take the glasses because i didn't want one (laughs) we didn't want to remember i didn't want one random fucking wine glass no that's the worst yeah you just throw those away i mean when you're in your 20s you keep them Oh, definitely. When I had my first studio apartment that was 500 square feet and I had like 10 glasses in my cabinet, you damn straight I kept them. Yeah, and they didn't, none of them matched. I had so many different beer glasses from yeah. different like breweries and wine glasses from whatever yeah. Newport Wine Festival tastings I went through. <laughs> 65 different types of shot glasses. <laughs> yes, yeah. from whatever stupid place you visited. Like, Yeah, all right, the, so let's rate our experience. Yeah. Let's rate them. Um, out of five, <laughs> out of five wine glasses, <laughs> I know that's stupid. Out of five stars, what was our, our vineyard experience today, our winery experience? A half star? Oh. A one. Girl, it one. Will, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to get worse. A that one. was Okay, I'll okay, give it a one. That was a one, yeah. Okay. So that way there's room to go down. <laughs> it's going to get worse than that. There's room to. I've been to worse than that in this state. Have you? Okay. Yeah, so we'll give it a one. Okay. It's a solid one. Um, because the scenery Should was we say pretty. Two then? No, definitely not. No, okay. Did you taste those wines? Right. <laughs> one feels right. You tasted those wines, right? Yeah. Bad. Um, that well, was my first Connecticut vineyard experience, though. Oof. So for me, I don't really have anything to gauge it off of. Okay. Other than that, and yeah, that I, was not a good one. Uh, no. Beautiful though, so it gets a point for scenery. Mm-hmm. Yep, and like it loses Ever? it loses points for the fact that the guy working there. Um, didn't know anything about wine, but he was new. So, you know, got to learn, got to be trained. Mm-hmm. So I give him, you know, he was very upfront about that, which, you know, totally get it. Um, but once he, think, I think he figured out that we were like actually asking questions about wine specific, he maybe could have handed us off to someone who knows something about wine. Was there anyone else there though? <sighs> maybe the person so. that makes those wines. <laughs> yeah. I saw okay. somebody in rain boots. Well, um, I guess uh, we'll see you at the next Vineyard Stop. Yeah. Round Bye. two coming up. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop 
dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.